Sup guys, it's your boy Paul, aka Mr. What The Footy, your favourite podcast host and a very, very big episode coming to you now. But before that, if it's your first time listening to the pod, guys, please feel free, of course, after this episode, to roam around at the other episodes. Previous guests include LMA Hall of Famer, Dave Bassett, leading agents in the game like Eddie Bonsu, who represents Jaden Sancho and Bukayo Saka, to name a few, and directors at some of the biggest clubs in the country. But guys, back to today's episode, I was joined by Laura Rafferty. I'm always deeply fascinated anytime I speak with players because I think that like fans, they can be largely ignored in the big machine that football is. Laura spoke honestly and openly about her journey from seeing the Southampton Girls Academy being closed down, her state of mind when she tore her ACL, her desire to leave the game in a great way for the next generation and how she wants player care to improve within the game. Guys, I hope you love this episode. Not like it, I hope you love it. So you know what to do. Download, subscribe, rate and review and tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's go. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? Knew some other guys liked me, but I didn't know it was to that extent. Imagine being a kid in primary school. Now it's a putting off. Powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that. But then also, they need to be represented the right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on you know, one single source of revenue alone, that being the TV. So league. Let's just win this to appease the fan. Welcome to the What The Footy podcast, the podcast that takes football fans behind the scenes, giving you insight into football business management and operations. Today, I'm joined by a very, very special guest. She's a top tier player playing in tier one of women's football. She's a ball playing defender at Bristol City. Laura Rafferty, defender at Bristol City in Northern Ireland. Welcome to the What The Footy podcast. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited. No, it should be good. Uh, but yeah, we'd like to kick off with what the foot are you lying for? So uh, take me away with your uh, free statements. I can beat me, so no pressure, yeah? Oh, did, did it? Yeah, um, so no pressure. Okay, right. So um, I one of them, I was on the X Factor last year. Wow. Second one, uh, I have two tattoos. And the third one, I used to Irish dance. Irish yeah, dance. Yeah, don't be Googling, though. Um, no, 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 I'm not Googling, no. Um, so, I know your family are originally from Belfast, so the Irish dancing, I say, is uh, true. Um, on the X Factor last year, what, as a contestant? You asked for a statement. I gave you a statement. Was it? <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're doing this now, yeah? Uh, um, oh, the X Factor one is just so random. Um, I watched X Factor every year and I don't think I saw you on there. So, 
Oh man, 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 man. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say that one is true because it's just so random, and the tattoo one is a lie. But we'll uh, we'll find that towards the end anyway. You don't want to change but, um, anything, now. Oh, I've got it wrong. I could tell. Uh, nah, you can't do that to me <laughs> on my own show. There's no way. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, obviously, I thought it'd be great to get you on here. I think women's football's obviously a really, really sort of exciting time right now. So just sort of take me back to obviously growing up in Southampton. What sort of got you into playing football? Was it kicking a lot of ball down at the Common? And uh, who were your sort of early influences um, just sort of growing up, really? Yeah, um, I think my story is pretty similar to most female footballers um, that have brothers. Yeah. Uh, my family are massive um, football fans. They love to play the sport. They love, you know, everything about it. So um, I was very lucky to have a supportive family. Um, obviously started uh, with a boys team um, and then that, I had to move because the girls can't play with boys at a certain age. They've actually upped that now. So that's good for the women's game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was very lucky to get picked up um, at a very young age with Southampton, eight years old. Um, but for sure, it was definitely my brother. Uh, my brother was definitely, a, I don't like to say it too much because he gets quite a big head, but it was definitely him. He dragged me out and kicked footballs at me. So it was... Um, definitely him um but yeah a massive influence from everyone in my family for how supportive they've been from the age of eight with football right up until now at 24 so no definitely and would you say there were any sort of like individual players who really used to really inspire because when I was speaking with Rihanna Subid who I had on the podcast and and she was saying that for her growing up it was all a lot about looking at her idols were usually male male players because yeah. they weren't quite a lot sort of female um sort of role models to look at but now that obviously girls are getting into football now they can look at players within the women's super league and aspire to, uh, towards them who, who were your yeah. sort of role models sort of well, playing at the time being as well? a liverpool fan that i am it was uh definitely steven gerrard yeah. um i used to be a center mid as well i've kind of got demoted back now um I, was, I like to say i was quite tall quite young so um but we we weren't that lucky to have female uh role models at that age but um we did get one like amazing opportunity yeah. with Southampton and that was to go and watch the England ladies um, play. Now, obviously it wasn't on mm. TV, it wasn't televised. Uh, you didn't see it anywhere unless you actually physically went to a game. Um, so we were lucky enough to get that opportunity mm. um, and we got our little pieces of paper and what position we were, we had to write um, feedback on what we thought the player did well and what they didn't do well and we were only like 10 11 so it was quite early on but uh, one person wow. that stuck out to me was someone called Kaz Carney um, Karen Carney she's now doing a lot of punditry she's England she's at Birmingham Chelsea mm. um, and like amazing opportunity for me she she was one of the player that stood out um, and I followed her ever since but I was lucky enough to play with her at Chelsea um, and she's honestly the most professional female footballer or footballer that I know so um so yeah it was definitely eye-opening to be able to train uh, and play amongst someone like her so yeah no that's awesome and I love how you mentioned Southampton there as well obviously um big and famous yeah. academy there what was it sort of like obviously being there at the time and was there sort of pressure for you to really kick on and 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 do what you're doing now seeing as obviously yeah. the success 
the academy on the on the sort of men's side as well. Yeah, well, do you know what? The, the Southampton is really known for, um, you know, the academy side of things. Um, however, back when I was younger, um, Southampton weren't really in the same position they are now. Uh, they were going through mm. liquidation at that time. Um, and I remember the I was coming up to... 15 and they scrapped the Southampton Academy of the women um obviously with oh, the, wow, the, yeah. the men not being able to fund the actual men's side uh it was the woman that went first um which meant that there was no women's team there was no academy um but luckily Hampshire Academy took over um so that they actually funded it because it was all um, all there already um they took it on for us so it meant that we could carry on playing football for another year or two um but then that was we had to find another avenue after that and unfortunately for a lot of girls um that was the end of football for them um because you know do you have parents that are going to drive you far away to go and train are you going to be like are any other teams going to be interested in you is this what you want to fulfill for the rest of your life for me that that was my career path yeah. I wanted to take and I was very lucky with Chelsea um at that time so um and obviously like I said with a supportive family uh you know two hours there and back every night um I was very lucky for that that my mum and dad could do that for me um without that probably wouldn't have been able to take the opportunity but yeah for, for sure it is a lot of um definitely seen a lot at a young age so I think it helps you mature very quickly. No that's good and you obviously mentioned support there as well obviously coming off the back of obviously a long-term injury then going into the pandemic as well what's your sort of support network been like in terms of you sort of dealing with the with the sort of pressures that injuries can have on players I've had sports scientists and doctors all come on the podcast and trying to speak more about player care and, and that yeah. sort of aspect like uh, of, of that sort of stuff as well what's that sort of been like for you as well yeah I, I think for anyone in any industry I think it's very yeah. it's easy to go into a workplace and put on a smiley face and look okay um you know I did that many a times during the injury um and you know and people just think that you are okay but actually you know you go home and you take that with you it's your family it's your friends um Akin, who you've had on here before, he gave me 48 hours yeah, yeah. to cry, get upset and was like, OK, we're moving on to new things. So, you know, to have something like people around you to keep you busy, keep your mind active, building the next platform for yourself. Um, that was a massive part uh, of how I got through it. Um, I think if I just sat around and I, I, you know, went in and did my rehab and just waited to get back on the pitch, it, it would have really killed me. But it was time to explore new opportunities. It wasn't a time to just dwell because I couldn't do what I thought my purpose was. You know, football is my purpose. That's what yeah. everyone knows me for. If someone says Laura Rafferty, it's the girl that plays football. It's not anything else. So it was definitely my opportunity there to to go in and do other things. Um, but yeah, like you said, and then lockdown hit. So that was, <laughs> that kind of killed me a little bit because <laughs> yeah. sod's law, I started running on the pitch with the girls the day before we got put in lockdown. So um, like I literally had that. <sighs> yeah. So imagine it was like, it was about six months. Now that dangling carrot there, like, yeah, go and run, go do that straight line running. And then it was like three months. No, like you you got to go lockdown, obviously. So that was quite hard to take because a lot of time through the injury, you feel like, you know, you might take a step forward and it might be three steps back and stuff. And, and you just, every day you're trying to be positive and positive. And that was like the big thing I was really excited for to start running again. 
and then mm. obviously it was kind of I didn't really I was a bit lost because obviously no one knew what lockdown meant we didn't know it meant three months you know it could have been two weeks it could have been so it was the not knowing as well which was hard like I always say if something's black or white and you know what the situation is and you don't like it or you know what the situation is and you do you can deal with it but if it's that gray area where you don't know that's what I struggled with um but like I said the support around me was brilliant and keep them people by my side for the rest of my life so yeah no definitely and 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 how would you sort of say that Brighton and the club sort of supported you at the time as well with with sort of helping you helping with that sort of difficult period as well yeah well they got me obviously my operation very quickly um you know as soon as I got the MRI scan back and it said that I ruptured my ACL and I tore my lateral meniscus um the next week I was in a private um therapy room ready for my operation so you know i was very lucky for that because the waiting list is long you know and the quicker you get the operation the quicker you start your recovery um obviously then transitioning to bristol now um for me i i definitely knew i needed something new um i needed new faces new environment um and i got that and, and with bristol they've been amazing we're still working on making my physique as good as it can be or better than it was before so um so yeah i'm in a really good place and i'm very lucky for the clubs that i've been with during the tough time um to come through on the other side no definitely and and how's the how's the restart been for you i see see your playing playing back playing now as well how's, how's the sort of restart been for you yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and playing now do you know what it's, it's been exciting but it's been different to any other season because you don't know if you're going to play because of covid so you prepare every week like mm. you, you know you're going to play and then we had a disappointment against aston villa where it was like a couple of days before it was like no you're not going to play we played man city recently we didn't know if we could play there like it it's quite there's like a bit of the unknown at the minute so it's a bit strange but actually you know being back able to play with the girls um yes what why you do everything it's why you do your rehab you go in you get through the tough times because it's worth it when you step over the white line so yeah no no definitely because i remember speaking with, with someone back when obviously the league was was curtailed towards the end and i was saying that it was obviously a bit of a shame because obviously everyone was sort of crying out for a bit of football and i really believe that that would have been a time for people to really engage with, with, with women's football and sort yeah. of sort sort of get get into it more but obviously it's come back strong i think the other day i was watching the manchester derby yeah. as well and uh thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that game as well and i just wanted to ask you as well what's your sort of thoughts on the league and how uh, english women's football is really progressing right now yeah well do you know i was i was gonna just mention there like a lot of people have watched them sort of games and mm. actually what what the league do really well is when the men are on international duty the league bring in something called women's football weekend which means that every single women's mm. game is on at a different time over saturday and sunday so it's given and it's all televised on different streams um so obviously that just enables anyone to be able to watch if they're a massive fan like any game or you know you don't have to watch one game and then miss a game so that really um you know that that's great exposure for the women's game for sure um and listen with all the transfers coming over this year the the league's definitely transitioning um for sure Uh, it's a tough league to play in um obviously um, you know, you've got the girls coming over from America, 
Um, but even without that, you know, the, the league, I would say, is still one of the most competitive in, in the world. You know, you obviously have Leon, who are Champions League winners, top teams, um, yeah. Wolfsburg in the German league. But actually, if you look at, you know, in our league, you got Chelsea, Man City, Man United, um, You've got Arsenal. Ar- Arsenal, of course. Yeah, the Arsenal <laughs> scarf behind you. Yeah, like you know, you've got multiple different yeah. teams that you think anyone could take it, and um, you know, mm. it's it's a challenge every game, and you don't know you, anything can happen in them games. You know, so yeah, it's some games you you see Chelsea winning five 0 and then they play and they're losing. So you know, you, you don't really know what's coming, which is good. It's 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 good entertainment for people that are interested and want to watch. So, yeah. No, definitely. And obviously, speaking of, of the league being quite tough, who would you say are the sort of toughest sort of attackers that you sort of come up against and you, and you almost uh, sort of know that you've got to uh, work extra harder than the week for when, when they uh, when they come round on the weekend? Oh, yeah, how much time have you got? Um, let's go. I, <laughs> I don't know. I definitely would say uh, Miedema from Arsenal. Um, yeah. she's just you know what she's just so clever she she could literally yeah. like her movement doesn't have to be all the time but as soon as she does make that move like you turn your head for one second and she's yeah, gone yeah. so you know your concentration has to be on point uh, you know kind of not let her go but um, but I mean there's multiple but for one that stands out yeah I'd say her yeah yeah now she's a Deadly, deadly striker. I think what she's record-breaking uh, women's super league top goal yeah, scorers. Yeah, like she's firing in a minute. Yeah, I know. Fair play yeah. to her, but I wanted to also ask you as well, which I think is quite important as well. Whenever I, I try and speak with players as well, are you sort of thinking about the legacy that you want to leave? Obviously, after football, and are you sort of like building, building stuff for the future in terms of of um, what you're going to do after football as well? Are you sort of thinking about that already, yeah. or? Yeah, yeah, but I think about that all the time. Um, you know, it's yeah. so important. You know, football isn't the longest career. Um, being a player on the pitch, um, so you do have to think about stuff after, even stuff during. You know, it's it's sometimes nice mm. to get away from football a little bit to to take your mind off it. Especially like I said, when I was injured, I needed to take my mind off it because um, you love it that much that it's like fine line between love and hate so when things are great amazing when things are tough it is hard to deal with sometimes but um, yeah no I'm I'm always thinking of future so uh, I've got any, a, a few business plans that I um, I uh, keep under my wing ready for to activate when I'm when I'm done but um, yeah I just That's I think good. as a female player as well you do you just want the next generation to come up and feel like feel like professional footballers you know you go in you're not like people aren't prioritized over you you know a lot of the time growing up it was like I said the, the men get scrapped you you get scrapped you know something happens to the men something happens to you and yeah. and you're always waiting on kind of what's going on are the men going to get relegated are they going to go promoted because that might help us that might make you know so for these girls to come up in and know that their worth of everything they leave on the pitch is is a result of where it's going to take them in the future um but yeah just being a part of the game now and putting it in the right place and when I'm ready to hang up my shirt and boots which I hope to long while yet you know yeah. leave, leave it in a good place for someone to pick it up you know yeah no definitely and I think I was chatting with someone earlier as well and I was saying how 
obviously there's been a lot of conversations over the last couple of months about the future of the women's game and how much support it needs from the Premier League and, and, and the sort of powers above. And me and this person who I was speaking with, he's a chairman at a women's team, me and him are just both saying that I'd almost love to see the women's game almost not try and replicate the men's game and the sort of pitfalls and mistakes that the men's game has made and almost try and look at how American sports and franchises have really developed and sort of try to cultivate a bit of the attitude. Because even back to the whole idea of um, the future and what you're looking to do after the game as well, I feel like a lot of players are stigmatised in terms of them having side hustles and things to do on the side in the men's game, whereas over in America from a young age, already thinking about this sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's obviously really exciting. Yeah, I think you have to be proactive and um, think about, like, external yeah. things as well. And, it, you know, it doesn't because you're thinking about other things doesn't mean that it takes away all your full focus of football because football is my priority. It's everything. Yeah. As long as I'm performing, then then I can do that. If I'm not performing, then I'll take a look at myself and be like, okay, football first. And then, yeah. but you know, as long as you can keep a good balance, you feel good. Yeah, for sure. I think it's definitely a priority to look at. Yeah. could just chuck you on Akin's desk, innit? Yeah. Akin, come on, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, 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 this. No, he, he's brilliant to be fair. He, he, um, keeps me well intact and, and yeah, he reminds me of, my constant focus, you know, obviously goals, Euros, things coming up and stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, just sort of talk to me more as well about the, the common goal movement. I saw that you're also a part of that as well. Why yeah. was it really important for you to, to want to get involved in that? Yeah, so that's another thing that Akin brought to the table. Um, kind of when he spoke to me about it, the, the interest was there straight away and, and we signed up literally don't think it was that night, but as soon as we could get in contact with them, we, we signed up to it. But it's um, basically an organisation um, created by One Matter, and it's you give one percent, one percent of your salary um, to a charity that you have like a desire for, that you feel that you could really help. Um, um, mine is somewhere called Sari and it's based in Ireland and it's just helping um against racism and like women in football um so you know just trying to equalize it a bit this is the, the change that we're trying to make um and I got the pleasure of speaking to a young lady called Rihanna and she was uh, honestly she was amazing she was so inspirational um, she's only young and she literally had experienced so yeah. much and it was just nice to see where the help that we wanted to give, um, where that could go. And I also offered her as much as my social media platform as she wanted to promote anything. Um, so I said she could have my platform, my, my Instagram, my Twitter, whatever she wants to promote things for the charity um and yeah this is something that's open for them if they ever want to do that and i think it's you know if you've got a platform you need to be able to use it in the right way so no i think that's definitely a really really good and important initiative and, and i've had loads of conversations with different agents about sort of athletes getting more heavily involved in social change and, and really helping to inspiring people because like we're in the time within society whereby we need people to step up and mostly me and Aki mentioned that as well and getting people to use their platforms uh, for good. But um, but yeah, I also wanted to ask you as well, what, what would you say like your sort of main goals, goals for the season, like your main aspirations? Um... 
clean sheets now clean yeah, sheets yeah. get into the clean euros always the one. No, yeah well i think as a group it would definitely be to stay in the top league um to secure another spot in yeah. wsl one next year um but yeah on a personal level um obviously it's been a long time out of international football um so that's one of my big goals is to get back with the northern irish team obviously with the euros coming up as well um it'll be a massive opportunity um and one which i hope i can bring something to the table for the girls um they've obviously done amazing to get to this stage and they've got a match tonight which i'll be watching on on the tv and hopefully then they make it into the finals in if we get there, then yeah, be called to be selected. Fingers obviously, crossed. need I obviously need more minutes um, under my belt in order to get there. Uh, obviously, that's a conversation that me and the manager have had. Um, so, looking at plans in the new year should be exciting. Yeah, no, that's awesome. But it's now come to the time to uh, reveal your answers to what the <laughs> footy line for. Yeah. Moment of truth. Ah. Go on, what, what did you say? Did you say I was lying on the what one? Oh, what did I say again, actually? I said the lie was the two tattoos. You was lying on the two tattoos? You think yeah. I'm lying on the two tattoos? Yeah, I think it might be more. More than two. <laughs> Man, joking, you got it right. <laughs> I got it I right, yes. I don't have Do you know what it is? I've been, getting a, I've been getting a lot of them right recently. I'm quite proud of myself, you yeah, know? Yeah, you're doing good. Yeah, but you, you strategic strategically work it out yeah no because it's like the x factor one is so random but yeah. explain the story then go on oh uh, no so I, I just went to see my friend <laughs> so, okay, okay yeah so they did the celeb um x factor didn't they and um one of my yeah. nanakin's friends levi uh the rugby rugby boys um they were on okay, it yeah, and yeah. uh yes yeah, so we went backstage to watch them on x factor um and obviously when they were on the stage they were like okay their family friends come up dance or this and yeah i got on the x factor so i was buzzing but i didn't sing no 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 that's good did you get to meet simon cow as well or, or not no nah, nah. i i was too busy out no. just having a great time in the, the back I, I wasn't out the front i was literally yeah. in the tent that they come backstage so i mean yeah doing do, doing your irish tap dancing <laughs> on the side yeah no no that hasn't come out in a long time no you'll have to catch what was that me when, when you were a little bit younger or yeah that was before football yeah no so i, I actually picked football oh, wow. yeah, dancing. Yeah. yeah otherwise you'd see me in west end doing some lord of the dance stuff so yeah but, but we need, you need to make a promise on the podcast, the next goal you score, you have to do an Irish tap celebration. In the... Uh, I've never done... Do you know In, in the stadium. Right. In, in, in the stadium and then put up a W like this for what yeah. the footy, yeah? All right. That's a deal, that's a deal. Like that, yeah? But yeah, we like to... Uh, yeah, like that, a W like this. All for right. what the footy and then do like a little Irish tap. Um, oh, yeah, you best be watching but it. Yeah, no, I will be watching it. I will be watching it. <laughs> um, right, but yeah, we like to we like we like to end the show with the what the footy question, which is uh, what the footy needs to change or happen within your space. So, um, what do you think needs to really happen or, or change within women's football in England? Um, do you know what? I I think it's going the right way. I think for sure. Um, one thing that I, I would say from a player's perspective that's been through it i think player care is a massive thing um you know as it, yeah. you go from in a boys academy 
you're in quite a lot whereas as a girls academy player you're not in as much you don't train as much so going from a transition from kind of school every day to that which I've is so important to them becoming a professional footballer you don't learn how like even in the male game I guess you don't learn how to deal with injury you don't learn how to deal with people's opinions on you you don't learn how to deal with a lot of things so I think actually what is so important in in the world of football is actually caring about a player and noticing that what they do on the pitch mm. is their job we're trying to perform to the best but what goes on externally like we can't control but still are human so um you know it doesn't matter where you are what club you play for everyone's human and I just think that there's a lot of values um especially women um like I said for me I'm quite emotional so when it comes to needing to be looked after a little bit uh the support is great and like I said, that's something that sticks with me. Um, I've mentioned it three or four times in this podcast alone. So, yeah, I think um, player care, definitely. No, definitely. I think I think that's awesome. And I think for me as well, if I was to chime in there as well, I think, um, I think there's always a big hype when there's a major tournament around, whether England are in it or not. Um, but I'm liking this sort of wave now with having the big games, the big derbies being shown on TV, playing them within the... the yeah the biggest stadium like the Emirates and and Tottenham's new ground as well. Sure, I'd like yeah. to see a lot more of that as well. And um and yeah, yeah man, just, yeah. just continue seeing the game grow stronger and stronger. A bit growing. Yeah, no for sure. And and we will, yeah. you know, I bit when when you see it, when you play in it and stuff, there is so much talent there. Um it's just whether you sure. you wanna go and watch it and you know if you don't that's your opinion and if you do then great come and see what it's all about. So yeah. Nah, Laura Rafferty, top tier player, playing in tier one of English women's football. Thank you. And don't forget to do that celebration. Wow, wow, wow. What an episode just then with Laura from who the best player in the WSL is to the influence that someone like Gerard and Karen Carney had on her career to her mental health when she was bouncing back from that that horrible injury that she suffered to the sort of entrepreneurial stuff that she's doing to, to almost look at life beyond football. Guys, I hope you gained so much insight from this episode and thank you, thank you so much for listening. Guys, please, please, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the show to rank higher and deliver more value for people to to really engage with and you've you've had a bit of value today so let's continue to spread that value guys continue to send those voice notes to the email address whatthefooty at hotmail.com and we're going to sign out by listening to one of them from one of my super listeners guys peace and love have a great week and let's get it Yo, it's Falarin. Um, just letting you know that I'm absolutely loving the podcast at the moment. I'm literally tuned into every episode. Um, it was one of my highest listen podcasts um, of 2020. I think some of my favourite episodes have been, I think, firstly, the one you did with Royce a while back on um, agents support systems. So the idea of basically just being in the background and supporting his brother as he rises through the ranks at Arsenal Football Club. I thought that was a really good episode. I think I also really liked the episode um, with Eddie Bonsu and Rock Nation Sports a while back as well. I think that was a really like insightful episode as to like agency in the UK. Um, I think going forward, because... Obviously, I've got a background in law. 
I would love to see how if if, if he did a pod on how Brexit will affect English football. So this idea that some regulations and stuff that might come in as a result of Brexit might literally affect the nature in which young players are brought up in the UK and the English system of football, um, and seeing essentially how that might that might translate to the quality of the of the English national team going forward, I think that'd be a really really good pod. But yeah, man, just generally I'm loving the podcast at the moment. Gonna stay tuned in and just keep doing what you're doing, man. Love what the footy. 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 Knew Sam Allardyce liked me, but I didn't know it was to that extent. Imagine being a kid in primary school, now it's a putting in Arsenal. Powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that, but then also they need to be represented the right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on you know, one single source of revenue alone, that being the TV. Let's win in the league. Let's just win this to appease the fans. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. My dad used to say that. Sure, yeah, it's from GEICO. Yeah, whenever I would ask my dad for life advice, he'd sit me down and say, Son, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And look at me now, a well-adjusted adult with a drawer full of plastic bags I'll never use. (laughs) Okay, I'm confused. Was your dad a licensed GEICO agent? Nah, he was just a real good dad. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.